0: You're so, so welcome. We're just giving it a couple of wee more minutes to see if anybody else is coming in this direction, but just to keep things moving if we can. So my name is Nicola, and I lead the Compassion Team here in Emmanuel Lurgan. Um, and for me, this conversation that we're about to have and host in this space is just so timely. When I look at them all selfishly, this is the one that I wanted to be at, and then they asked me to host it, so hey, that was good. Um, but yeah, you know, we look around, and I'm looking around at people's ages, I hope you don't mind. But we all grew up in a Northern Ireland that was very different to what it is today. You know, and I can say this, you know, when I went to school, it was a Protestant school, you know, and that's all you saw. We then have integrated, and I think we've integrated okay. I'm not gonna say we've integrated brilliantly, but we've integrated okay. But you know what? We've only integrated with people like us, you know, and so when I look around our streets in Portadown and in Lurgan and and beyond they just look so different to what they did. And so how do we approach this in a way that honors these people who are coming to our country, that it's no longer that we do things just for them, but actually that we can integrate them into community, that everybody is a participant in what we do. And so for me, this is just such a timely conversation to be having. Um, And so these guys um, have come along today. It's Nathaniel and Noah and Carlos, and they are going to just, just speak to us about how we um, do this in community really well together. So give them a big cheer. <laughs>
1: Uh, th- thank you so much for your warm welcome. It's a real privilege to be here, and I'm just so excited that you are having this conversation. Um, it is something we're trying to figure out ourselves and trying to help the church figure out. So so uh, we, we, we learn together, but we want to pass on some of our experiences and our insights, which we hope will be helpful. Um, all three of us are part of a, a group that was recently set up called Intercultural Churches Ireland. And and it was just th- this awareness that the Lord is is bringing people to this island um, like never before, and we're all maybe part of that. myself, um, I, I'm I'm half English, half American. No, that, that wouldn't work, because uh, <laughs> I was never good at fractions. No, no, I must be, I must be, I'm half American, I'm a quarter English, I'm a quarter Jamaican. Spent a lot of my life in um, Bangladesh, and I've lived here for the last 14 years. My wife's much more straightforward, she's 100% East Belfast. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Carlos Neto, I call him Neto, he, he, he's from Brazil, called by God to Northern Ireland, and leads a, a very multicultural church in the city center city church and a Noah who, who who looks local but in fact he spent he grew up in France he's half English half American like well not quite like me but but some of the some, some not, no Jamaican there but he lived in in Athens for the last three years and speaks very good um, Farsi so so we feel we're part of uh the people God is bringing, and not just um, to be received and welcomed, but we feel God's brought us here um, to, to hopefully bless this island and be part of building His kingdom. And so we're part of a group uh, of, of folk that that God has brought here um, to 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 hopefully think of ways we can we can serve the church in Northern Ireland and across this island in reflecting the the multicultural kingdom um, that 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 is coming. Um, but we, we don't believe that we're doing this uh, or, or church should change just because of circumstances, just because of context, just because it's trendy, but because it's actually biblical. Uh, uh, and anything we do or any bandwagon we jump on, we should first check very carefully, is this of God? Is it rooted in the Word? Uh, and I'd like um, to invite Noah, and he's going to do that bit for us. He, he's going to explore a little bit from the Bible um, how, how this is very much part of God's plan for his kingdom uh, and, and what he's doing. Thanks, Nathaniel. Um,
2: so as Nathaniel said, a few um, for the last three and a half years, my wife and I were working with asylum seekers in Athens, in Greece. And um, while we were there, my wife's parents uh, visited us and came along to the um, asylum seeker and refugee drop-in center that uh, we were working at. And they helped out um, on, a, on a meal day um, where we served about maybe 180 people who, who came into the room and um, had, a, had a meal together. And at the end, uh, everyone who had volunteered or worked sat in a circle and we celebrated what God had done that day. And much to my wife's surprise, uh, my father-in-law... Um, who's neither a believer nor a particularly emotional person, um, started to share. And as he did, his eyes filled with tears, and he talks about how moving it had been to spend the day serving on a team made up of Iranians, Afghans, Germans, Americans, people from Finland, people from the UK, and more. And he just couldn't believe that uh, unity and love that existed within that group. In Ephesians 2, 14 to 16, Paul says this. He says, For he himself, that's Jesus, is our peace. He has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility so when we uh, talk or preach about what happens on the cross uh, it's often in the context of personal salvation we say things like when jesus died on the cross he took my sins when jesus died on the cross he died the death i deserved If I had been the only person on the planet, Jesus would have still died for me. And so we often talk about the cross in those individual terms. And for sure, on the cross, so much was done for you and for me individually. And yet so often we ignore that communal or horizontal aspect of what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come only to reconcile individuals to God. He came to create a new people, a new family, one new humanity. And that's always been God's mission, to create a people in his image to worship and enjoy him and call others to worship and enjoy him. That was Adam and Eve's mission, Israel's mission, and that's the local church's mission today. And so what is this new humanity meant to look like? What are local churches meant to look like? Well, John actually gives us a picture of what this is meant to look like. He says in Revelation 7, uh, 9 and 10, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All nations, all peoples, all languages, together, praising Jesus. Now, if you think about uh, the the Lord's Prayer for a minute, and and this does all tie together, uh, Jesus prayed that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here the passage we just read is John giving us a picture of what heaven is going to look like. All peoples, all nations, all languages, together. And so if his will is to be done here on earth, and if the local church is meant to be the expression of the, the first fruits, if you like, of what heaven is going to be like, then that is what our local churches should look like. So when we gather in our communities, do we reflect this picture of every nation, tribe, peoples, languages? And if, if you've joined the seminar, I hope it's because you see the need for our churches to be intercultural as more than an optional extra. I hope it's because you see it as simply being obedient to God. This new humanity that God is creating is not meant to be monocultural. It's not meant to be one colour, it's not meant to be one language, one tribe, one worship style, one preaching style, one building style, one type of hipster coffee bean. And for sure this is much easier. It's much easier to just be with the people we are uh, like. The idea of being part of one new humanity, one family with my uh, Turkish brothers and sisters who actually drink instant coffee out of choice <laughs> is a pretty difficult thing to accept. But if we go back to the verses I I read at the start from Ephesians, we see that on the cross, Jesus broke down the dividing wall of hostility. So when Paul talks about a wall, um, he's, he's actually talking about a real wall in the temple courts that prevented Gentiles from entering into the fullness of temple worship. This wall even had an inscription on it that said something like, No outsider shall enter this protective enclosure around the sanctuary, and whoever is caught will only have himself to blame for the ensuing death. Well, in this new humanity God is creating, that wall is gone. And instead, all who enter in through Jesus are promised life. And so what does that mean for us today as um, residents of the island of Ireland? We don't really have an issue with Jew and Gentile, at least we don't in our church, maybe you do. Um, But it goes without saying that this island is full of dividing walls of hostility that at the cross were dealt with and yet we've built up again. See, the dividing wall has been broken down between me and my loyalist or nationalist neighbor between myself and my Ethiopian brother, between myself and the 70-year-old in my church, between myself and the person who prefers a different worship style to me, and so on. These walls of division, of hostility, are gone. And so when Paul says that that wall is broken down, it didn't mean that Jew and Gentile had to simply put up with each other. It meant that they were one new humanity. That, That was their new identity. And so the local communities they formed were not meant to be distinctively Jewish or Gentile. They were meant to be part of the new creation with new creation culture. And yet so often we build up those walls in our communities again. Sometimes it's obvious things like a church I recently heard of where a friend is serving as assistant minister... Um, they back onto a housing development that has mostly people from a Catholic background and internationals. And yet, high above their church halls is a Union Jack. They've built up a dividing wall of hostility. And while most of us, I imagine, in this room would probably not agree with that or at least not support that kind of thing... Maybe we've built up walls of hostility or of division in the shape of a music style we're unwilling to compromise on. Church activities that cost too much for low-income families who attend. Sermons that are full of illustrations that the Nigerian community and our church can't relate to at all. Welcoming the Iranian community that lives on our doorstep and yet never allowing them into leadership positions or into church decisions. Or simply just gravitating towards people that are most like you and never engaging with the younger or older generations or that person whose interests are just a bit different than yours. But here the very word of God is commanding us to break down these walls of division, of hostility. The local church isn't meant to look like any other community on the planet. We're meant to be communities where people sit next to each other who would never have crossed paths had it not been for Jesus. In our churches, people are meant to worship side by side who, outside the church, would be on opposite sides of conflict. And those outside the church are meant to look at our communities and think, how on earth are those people sitting together? And the answer, of course, is Jesus. Jesus is in the process of creating a new humanity marked by reconciliation, by mutual submission, by otherworldly love where people of every culture, language, socioeconomic background, age, gender, are not only welcomed, but valued, heard, and learnt from. So, to finish this bit, I want to go back quickly to the story I told at the start. As I said, my father-in-law is not a believer um, and has very little interest in matters of faith. And yet that day he saw the beauty of the gospel, of dividing walls of hostility broken down in our wonderful and yet also very messy intercultural team. He saw that. And so as we seek to be obedient to God and work towards becoming not just welcoming places to people different from us, but making our churches their home as much as they are our home, people on the outside, like my father-in-law, will see this and will be drawn into the gospel in all its intercultural mess and beauty. So I had the easy part of uh, giving the biblical background, and now Nathaniel and Neto are going to tell you how this works.
1: Yeah, thanks Noah. and We we can see how how beautifully biblical um, this idea of, of intercultural church is. Um, I'm going to look a little bit about our our context uh, in the world and here on this island and how much more than ever we we need these sorts of churches. Um, And then Neto is going to come and share some of the stories, how how God is actually uh, doing this, and we need to be encouraged. and, And I think God is doing something new on this island, which we have the opportunity to be part of. So we need to, as God's people in this place at this time, discern our times. Um, what, what is happening in our world, and, and then how the Lord is at work in those circumstances. However chaotic they may look, however difficult they may seem, you know, God is always at work in his world. Uh, we, we believe that, we say we believe that, and then we have to figure out how can we join in with what God is doing. And if people, people who are commentating on, on these times we live in, um, many of them say more than anything, it's, it's the age of migration. People are moving around the world like never before in human history. There are almost 300 million people uh, on Earth today who are, who are migrants, who were born in one place and now are living in another place, for all kinds of uh, circumstances. And it's also, more po- uh, differently, positively, the, the, the age of global Christianity. And often, I think, here in the West, Uh, we feel quite defeatist, we feel we're up against it, we feel like this was once a Christian country and now we're being pushed to the margins. There may be truth in that. But that in itself is quite uh, Eurocentric because if we look at what God has been doing in his world, the story is very, very different. And actually the, the, the church has been growing incredibly. And that has changed the whole nature of Christianity. And today Christianity truly is a global uh, religion. I'll give you some statistics. In 1950, um, it was estimated that 80% of people who profess to be Christians would have been white and live in Western countries. Today, 80% of people who profess to be Christians are Asian or African or Latin American. So it really is a, a global uh, religion. In 1900, there were 9 million folk in Africa who would have said, call themselves Christians. Today, there are 700 million, far more than the continent of Europe. Um, But through migration, this global Christianity has come to our shores, into our cities, into our towns. So God is bringing people not only who desperately need the gospel, need his grace, need his love, but also brothers and sisters in Christ, who God is bringing to enrich us, to teach us, to challenge us. And I think God is going to, in his uh, mysterious ways, is actually going to a revival and already is bringing a revival to many parts of Europe where the church has been uh, going down in numbers, it's being pushed to the margin. He's actually going to be a revival by those people who he's bringing from other parts of the world um, where the church is growing, where, where the churches are full of the spirit and, and have a, a missional vision and excitement about going out and, and sharing their faith. I also think on this particular island, we need to remember that the history here is one of emigration. Until very recently, the, the, the story of this island was massive emigration. People leaving this island, why? Because they wanted better lives for security, because of persecution, because of famine, because of war, because of dire economic circumstances. And, and they went to England, to America, to Canada, to Australia, to New Zealand, and they were able to build better lives. Actually, if you put everyone of Irish descent back into Ireland, they reckoned you'd have to return about 100 million people. Now, would that be sustainable? It would be the most popu- populated country in the world. So it's only, if we look in the big scheme of things, it's only in, in the last couple of recent decades that people have actually been coming to Ireland for those very same reasons, because they want a better life, because they want safety, because they want security, because they have a dream that their children can grow up and, 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 and can uh, make a, a life for themselves. So. That should make us a a deeply compassionate uh, people. If we look at some of those figures, what they actually um, look like, um, Northern Ireland is still behind the curve, partly because of our unique history here, but it's reckoned that almost 4% of the population of Northern Ireland is from an ethnic minority background, but that is four times the number in 2001 Double the number in 2011, so it's a trajectory that's only going to expand, and it's very visible. I first came here in 2004. But I saw another person who looked like me. I kind of stared at them. We would sometimes wave at each other because it was a was a novelty. Yeah, there's someone else who <laughs> has a nice tan like me, <laughs> but uh, but but now it, it, it's it, it's not unusual at all, and and I, I personally uh, love the diversity that, that that's growing here. Of course. Uh, Amongst those are, are are many people for many uh, different reasons, uh, and and if you look at the whole island context, it, it, it's even more more so. Seventeen percent of the population of the Republic of Ireland was born outside of Ireland. So Ireland as a Island now is a multicultural and diverse place, and that is the context in which we're seeking to worship and to witness and, and, and to to build the kingdom. And that is why this is so important for us all to be thinking about. And I think in this age of migration and in this age of uh, of global church, we have. Uh, Two opportunities, two amazing opportunities. Opportunity to share God's love and grace and goodness with people from all over the world. You know, you think of a past paradigm. Northern Ireland was always brilliant at at being involved in in global mission. But it was generally thought you had to put someone on a plane uh, and they had to fly to the other end of the earth. And people had to send them and pray for them. Now every single one of us can reach people from the nations who maybe would never have had the chance to hear about Jesus in their own country. Uh, And now God's brought them into proximity to a place where there are many churches and many Christians who can easily be reached if the Christians are willing to open their lives to them and to look for them. And secondly, we have a beautiful opportunity also to receive from the global church as brothers and sisters come, or even as people come to faith after coming to this country uh, and, and keep their beautiful culture and their unique experiences and, and the gifts and skills they bring, how much they can enrich us. So we want that posture that, that we see people as people where to show love and, and grace and goodness to, but people also that can uh, have so much to offer us, because that's how we truly honor and welcome people, when we actually allow them to be friends, when we actually uh, want to help them, we allow them to help ourselves. That's when people feel they belong. That's when the people feel they're part of a family and the great news is, is, is that this is, this is already happening, and we want to see so much more. So I'm going to pass over to Pastor Neto, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his experiences.
3: Thanks, Nathaniel. Good afternoon, everyone. It's great to be here. I just noticed that the three of us have names who start with N, and even we have Nicola as well. But as you think about N, I would like us to leave this place not remembering uh, much about us, but remembering the new things that God is doing. That's the the end that I want you uh, to leave this place. So I am Brazilian and I came, you probably have noticed that I'm not from here by my accent. It's very different. And I came to Northern Ireland around 10 years ago as a missionary to serve uh, the local church. After I became Christian in the year of 2000, when I was 20 years old, and I spent around 13 years learning English, I'm still learning, and getting to know what would look like to be a missionary uh, in Belfast. And here I am, and now I am helping uh, to lead uh, the local church. And it's interesting that Noah was talking about walls And in our church, we have a vision. So our vision statement is to be a church without walls. A place where everyone is welcome to connect with one another and to connect with Jesus. I believe at the moment we have around 15 uh, nations represented in our church. So literally people from everywhere, So we have people from Asia, from South America, Central America, North America, from Europe, from Africa. We have Nigerian families. We have Brazilians, Colombians, Americans, English, Scottish, Northern Irish, Irish, like lots of people, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand. It's very, very international. And I'm saying this not to sound like that we get all of this sorted, but just... So you get to know a little bit more about us. We are still growing. We are still learning. And there is so much still to learn. But I believe that we are getting there. We are really, really open to the diversity that we have in terms of uh, uh, people from different nations. Sometimes we have a worship band with six, seven different nations represented. And then you hear different people speaking, all with different accents. We are not afraid to embrace, to welcome, and to give uh, the nations and people the opportunity to not only to sit at the chair and to listen what we have to say, but also to give them a voice and to be part of our community, to feel that they are part of the family. And I believe that one of the reasons for that is that we truly believe that Jesus sees each one of them equally as he sees us and as he sees you that are from here as well. I love this passage in the Bible. It's Matthew 9, 35 to 37. That says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he felt compassion on them because they were helpless and harassed as sheep without a shepherd. We also see this passage when an Ethiopian eunuch, he goes from his country to Jerusalem to worship God, to, uh, I I believe it's uh, 2,500 miles away, you know, a journey that took weeks, but someone who couldn't be inside of the temple to worship because he was a eunuch, but even though he was there. And he, he goes back to his country, and God sends Philip you know, to literally run after him. And that guy has the opportunity to listen to the good news of the gospel, and he gets baptized. And I believe the reason for that is that God saw a eunuch Ethiopian who went to Jerusalem to worship, who couldn't even be inside of the temple, but now is leaving Jerusalem to go back to his country, and God saw his heart, and God sees, God notices people around us, and to be a church without walls and to be people without walls, it allows us to see beyond our limitations, to see beyond anything that might divide us from connect, from see other people. Does it make sense? God sees people, and he wants us to see, to notice that people are there because they are valued, they are important, they are loved. Recently, this lady from Burundi, she speaks French, and I asked her to teach me how to say good to see you uh, in French. And every time I see her, I say, je suis content de tout voir, and she starts to laugh. <laughs> it's just a simple thing, but it means a lot for her, because I'm connecting, I'm noticing, I, I am saying to her, you're valued, you know. And recently, uh, recently she came to, to me and she said, I want to become a member of the church. I said, Right. Let's have a chat. And then I asked her, why would you like to become a member here in City Church? And she has been coming for a while. And then she said, when I left my country, Burundi, my pastor there said, you can't be without a family. He even didn't say a church. He said a family. And then she said, I sense that now this is my family. And then she said when she was trying to discern what church she should belong, she said that God gave her a dream. And in the dream, she saw City Church's logo. And then God said to her, you should be part of that church. And then I said to her, if God said to you to be part of this church, who am I to say, no, (laughs) welcome, you're very welcome. And tomorrow, actually, we are going to interview her. We will pray for her. We will welcome her to the family and say, this is the place that you now belong. And I'm amazed and blown away by these things because, again, this is another example of God seeing people, of God noticing people and loving them and giving them the opportunity to connect. I remember when I came to Belfast around 10 years ago, my first year as a missionary all you can all you want to do is to lead people to Jesus you know is to preach the gospel and to tell others about Jesus and i was spending months and months and months and, and and i was really frustrated because nothing was happening you know i was speaking with uh people on the streets and telling uh, uh them about Jesus but I couldn't see anybody, you know, receiving the message. And then one day I was crying out, like literally on my knees, and I was praying and, and crying, and I said, God, please give me the joy and the opportunity to lead someone to you. And then as I was praying, I had this vision I don't even know how to describe, and, and I even don't know what really happened. Uh, but I, ju- I just saw myself. I was in my house. It was, it was 12 and noon. I saw myself on a road walking, and as I walked, I saw someone at the margin of the road standing, and then I approached him, and then I told him about Jesus, and he came to faith. This is me in my vision. Don't ask me what happened. I even don't know what happened uh, by today. But as that moment finished, I was crying. I really felt God saying to me, now go, because there is a guy in the same place waiting to hear the message. And my wife was calling me, Neto, lunchtime, I said, "Michelle," And I shared the vision. I said, I need to go. There is someone in this place that needs to hear the message. And then I changed my clothes. And then I went on this particular place. And I was really feeling the presence of God with me. Not because of me, not because I'm spiritual, not because I'm special, but because of God's love for that particular person that was standing there. And then after 10 minutes walking, I saw the guy, the same guy that I saw in the vision, standing. And he was listening to the bands. It was around, you know, the 12th. And he was listening to the, you know, the march there. And then I approached him, and then I introduced myself, and I was quite bold. I said, listen, I was praying at my home. This has happened. God asked me to come here, and I have something to tell you. And before I continue to say, the guy, he started to have goosebumps, and then he said, what's going on here? What is this presence? And God just, you know, encountered both of us there. Long story short, that guy gave his life to Jesus, and he started to go uh, to church. This is in East Belfast, and praise God for that. You know why? Not because I'm good, not because I'm prayerful man, It is because God sees people. But unless we are open to also see or, you know, to allow the Holy Spirit to use us to see others around us, we will not experience those amazing things. And God gives the church the opportunity to partner with him to welcome the nations to our family. Amen? Two days ago, uh, three days ago on Wednesday... Uh, we started an English class, uh, so we relaunched. We had before the summer, and we relaunched. And we are part. Uh, City Church is part of the Welcome Church, and they send referrals of people that are willing to learn English. And we use that as a way to connect, to provide a service, but also to bring the gospel in the middle of what we do. And then we have the joy to receive seven or eight, nine people from Turkey, from Eritrea, from Ethiopia. Uh, just to be there, you know, and then as we were like just chatting and having this conversation, we eventually and naturally, we we started to talk about faith as well, about fasting, (laughs) about prayer. Our very first moment is just to be open to what the Holy Spirit uh, is doing and go with the flow and to provide an opportunity to connect with these guys. There are so many things we can do. I don't have all the answers. We'll have some uh, questions and uh, answers in a moment. But there are practical ways that we can do just to create an an environment that these people feel welcome, that we could connect, and that they could also uh, be invited to come to church and, and, and also to be part of the family. In the church, we have the English classes. We have a community garden as well. We have some asylum seekers Uh, helping with the garden, and uh, we always have amazing conversations around uh, the gospel and and Jesus as well. We are just trying as a church, as much as we can, to be intentional. As I said, we are not getting everything right, or we don't know everything, but we are really, really intentional. So we have a leadership team, we are five in the leadership team, I'm the only Brazilian and everyone else is Northern Irish. Uh, But recently, We had this desire to increase the team, and we started to pray, and then God showed us uh, three people, and and two of them are from different nations, including an African lady, not inviting. They didn't say yes yet. We have invited, so they are praying and discerning, Uh, but not inviting people to the leadership team from other nations for the sake of having other nations, but we really feel that there is a calling in their lives to be leaders in city church as well, and... It's just about being open and being intentional about that because the nations are coming and coming and coming and we need it to be uh, doing something about that. And I want to finish uh, sharing this also a story about a church plant that we had the joy uh, to help and are still helping. So uh, the Brazilian community in Northern Ireland is quite big. Uh, you probably, if I ask you if you know a Brazilian, uh, do you know a Brazilian? Raise your hand. See? Brazilians are everywhere. Are, uh, the second biggest population, foreign uh, population in, in Dublin. It's, it's a, the Brazilian community. It's, it's, it's incredible. So you better learn Portuguese. Uh, hola means hello. You can say that. And five years ago, uh, God gave us this vision uh, to start an expression of church among the Brazilians. But we really wanted that not only to be a Brazilian thing, uh, but also to be like an opportunity for the Brazilians, but for other people. And I remember days when we gather, we gather every other Saturday, we had five people in the church. Now, last time we met, uh, last Saturday, we had... 60 people. It's not about numbers, but it is growing. People are coming to faith. Next month, we are doing baptism. We are going to dedicate uh, kids. We have an African lady coming. We have local people going. We have people from Latin America. We have Brazilians. It's also an intercultural church. And we do bilingual. Everyone is welcome. God is moving. God is doing great things. Our job is to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit, is to see as God sees and let him do what he wants to do in and through us. All of this for his glory. Amen.
1: Thank you, that is so encouraging. And I think Neto is gonna wrap up in a few minutes with the time for prayer and, and questions and comments. Um, but, but just before that, we, we, we can see that, that um, yeah, this is the context that we have the privilege of worshiping and witnessing. in. God is doing a, a new thing in it and through it. And it's a context where we get to model that coming kingdom um, that, that Noah described to us. Um, Christ-centered communities um, where people have all backgrounds and all communities all nationalities all ages um, can, can, can be together United in Christ uh, United but not uniform and that and that's a that's a big difference we're not asking people to come in and 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 change become middle- class Northern Irish Presbyterians. I'm only using that example because it's it's, it's our church, so uh, <laughs> don't be offended. Um, we we're, we we're, we we're, we want them to come and 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 together. We we discover in even more beautiful fullness um, what God is like, what His kingdom is like, as we learn from and we listen to each other. And I think as we uh, become these intercultural, diverse communities. Just as Noah said, it becomes a beautiful witness to the world. We see that the world more than ever is full of hatred and division and brokenness. And I think most people <laughs> are pretty pessimistic and see all, 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 all the politics, all the policies, all the philosophies, they've not really worked in terms of uh, bringing together communities where people can live together in peace and can flourish and thrive. And we get an opportunity to to model, look, this is what the kingdom is like. Come into our church and see people who are fighting in the world against each other. They're, they're loving each other, and, and they get to see that this gospel is real. It's not just something theoretical. It's not just something in books. It's something that actually can be lived out. So we get to be a beautiful witness in a, in a broken world by seeking to be these kind of intercultural communities. And maybe it will even heal some of the divisions that are historic. Maybe I'm being bold saying this uh, as, as as a newcomer. But, but uh, I was talking to a church leader in um, actually one of, one of the members of our intercultural church group. He's South African. He's planted a multicultural cross-community church in the center of Belfast called Every Nation Church. And he says, uh, in typical fashion, when he tries to uh, talk to Northern Irish people, they want to figure out his background, which side he's on, and, and he won't play along. He'll just say, I- I'm preaching Jesus. If you want to know which Jesus, let's read the Bible together. And, and now he has people from the Falls Road. He has people from the Shankill Road worshiping together. Uh, and, and it's an intercultural church. It's an international church. And now it's also a cross-community church, because those things may be that where such big things have become small because in their diversity they're they're focusing on Jesus and His Word and and, and able to let go of of a lot of other things, um, and and this these kind of intercultural churches, as I say, it's about celebrating diversity, and our unity. Um, it's not about becoming colorblind. Some people say that. Um, the the God isn't colorblind, he created his creation in all their beautiful diversity and I think every culture has good things and bad things about it every culture needs to be redeemed and every culture we, we hear in Revelations the nations are going to bring their treasures into the eternal city so they're not going to cast them away they're gonna they're gonna bring them but they're gonna bring them purified and and beautiful and we want those gems in our churches um, here here and now so an intercultural church has to be one where where there's a posture that people are willing to give but also to receive uh, want to be a blessing, but also open to be blessed by others. To, to everyone will be, be shaped by each other. It takes a lot of humility. It takes being able to exchange ideas. You have ideas, but ideas that you're going to listen to and, and you, you, you hold lightly. So, um, where you're willing to be vulnerable, where you're willing to be dependent on each other. Many of us like to help others, but find it harder to let someone else um, help us. But sometimes the, the way to really honor someone is actually to make yourself weak, and vulnerable, and let them help you. And no one in these communities will be unchanged, will all be transformed through it, as each member contributes to it and enriches the whole body with their unique God-given faith, gifts, knowledge, life experiences, and perspective. There's a Malawian theologian called Harvey Kinwani, and he, he talks about uh, the church being a mosaic. And a mosaic, you know, you have these beautiful pictures, but but every every... Uh, thing that makes it up tile or whatever you call them um, is unique Um, and if you take one out then it distorts the picture and probably the only the only the artist, when he was putting together the tiles knew what the whole picture was going to look like but every unique bit is needed to fulfill it and and that's like the kingdom of heaven each one of us uh, in our own uniqueness which includes our personalities, our gifts, our culture, our background. When we come together, we, we, we make the beautiful uh, picture. But I think this needs, this doesn't just happen automatically. It needs teaching. It needs discipleship. It needs understanding of, of Scripture, that this is from the Bible. This is God's uh, will, uh, not just another idea. And I think it's only when we're convinced that this is part of that full gospel that Noah um, described, and it is what the church was created to be that we will persevere because we, we probably could also tell stories of, of when it's difficult, when there's misunderstandings, um, when there's miscommunications, uh, and when it gets complicated, when it gets messy, if we don't really believe something is the will of God then our temptation is to give up. You know, it's easier being monocultural. It's easier being with people who look like us, think like us, have the same expectations like us. So there will be temptations to revert back. But when we believe that this is something more beautiful, that's worth struggling for, and which will actually enrich and bless us at the end of the day, then we will fight for this, to become these intercultural communities where we'll all be transformed. Um, Just at the end, I want to... Go through. So, so so this is that definition. We'll go to the next one. Just uh, so the the rubber hits the ground. Some maybe resources which uh, uh, might be helpful for you going forward. And um, I'll also put our. I'm going to go through it quite quickly. But I'll put our our email addresses. And if there's anything you'd like more information about, you can you can contact us. Hope you don't mind, Neto or. no. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 this book I would, would highly recommend. Very much talking about just um, the, the rise of global Christianity and, and mission and church today. This is a great book, very short and simple, but really helpful for looking at how the gospel makes sense in different cultures and how the beauty of the gospel comes out when it is um, it, it, when people from each culture uh, explain it and how it meets everybody's. Um, yeah, hopes and fears and desires. The next one, this is these two are particularly on intercultural church. This is a very short one, and and is cheaper than this one, but <laughs> they're both, they're both very very good. Um, so if you're in a church, maybe you'd have one person reading one and one person reading the other. Uh, the next one, I'd really recommend joining this network. It's free. It's called Welcome uh, Churches. About 1,000 churches across the UK and Ireland are part of this network, and it's really trying to coordinate the church's response to welcoming asylum seekers and refugees. And if you sign up to that, not only will you be able to get information about who's in your locality, who may need help, you'll also have access to all kinds of resources for welcoming people from different uh, cultural and linguistic backgrounds. Next. And they are holding a conference next Saturday, so if your diary is clear, I would... Highly recommend this. There's going to be a whole lot of people at that day conference talking about all different aspects of being intercultural church and welcoming people and and, and how how we can do that. And this is our group. So uh, Noah hadn't joined yet, but but Neto's there. I think Neto provided the food for one thing most cultures share is a a love of food. So food is always a good thing to to sit around, uh, uh, and and it's very biblical as well. And we have our friend uh, Johan from South Africa, our friend Jess from um, Hong Kong, Bill, Ab- Bill Abwa, he, he's a Presbyterian and minister. And then uh, Danny's there. He, he Him and his wife planted a multicultural church in Newtonards. They're originally from the Philippines. Um, Tolu's Nigerian. She heads up the Queen's International Bible Study. And... Um, Uh, Laura is that there she's indigenous but she spent uh, (laughs) uh, about 30 years in in Spain and and in Kenya also then Laura some of you know um, and and uh, and Neto and it's just so beautiful when we get together in our diversity and our unity but we're guys who want to build bridges between churches one thing we don't want to see is that as nations come here it's very natural that people will start to form their own churches uh, and, and And that's okay, but it's so much more beautiful if 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 people come together um, and, and have international churches. But we maximize that happening when we are welcoming to people. I've heard many cases where people have tried to go to local churches, haven't felt welcome and then they've decided to meet with others like themselves. so let's make sure that we um, do our best to make sure everyone's welcome. And then finally, Yes, if, if you want to, we'd be delighted to uh, hear from you guys or even come to your churches. Or if you want to ask us any questions about any of those resources, um, we're very happy to, to hear from you. Um, Neto, I think you're going to close out our time.
3: We had planned to spend a few minutes uh, praying right now. But I'm aware of time, and uh, we just agreed. Uh, Instead, let's leave the prayer to the very end. Would you like to ask anything or to make any comment? Uh, Then this is the moment for you to ask anything you want to ask, and Nathaniel is here to answer all the questions. (laughs) Uh, If you want to ask anything, just stand where you are, and... greatest joy or surprise guys on a in life <laughs> in life for my two children. Well no. it's connection oh. with what is happening.
0: Sort of something that really stands out. It may be small but it it stands out for
2: you. I think uh one one thing that uh for me has been a, a real joy is um I've started uh, doing this discipleship course with a, a guy from Iran. Um, and uh, he's a fairly new believer. And yet in our first session, uh, first time meeting together, um, I came away thinking, uh, he needs to disciple me. Um, because he, he he talked about the Bible in a way that I have never talked or felt about the Bible. He He talked about it as a treasure, as this you know he used to go around the streets of tehran hiding the bible in um in amongst his clothes um so that he could you know if he found a spot where he was on his own he could open up the bible quickly and just you know read a few verses and and hear from god um and i thought he needs to disciple me <laughs> and and it was just a great moment of thinking i'm you know we we're actually on this journey of discipleship together um so that, that that's been a joy to that reciprocity that Nathaniel was talking about—that it's not one culture trying to help another. It's we—we we all have something of um, God's image in us that we can bring to the table. So that's been one. Any comments,
3: Nathaniel? Probably for me, uh, I think how we always say this when people ask me about uh, joy—it's uh, to see people coming to know Jesus, and. Recently, we had some Brazilians who people had been praying for 17 years. And they have never, ever even went to any church. But they came, they felt loved, and they gave their life to Jesus. And now they are growing as disciples. And for me, that's the greatest joy ever is to see that happening. Yes, sir.
1: That's a question for you, Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, minefield. <laughs> uh, um, I guess denominations is diversity as as well, but 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 I I think again talking about what we can receive um, w- when I meet my uh, a Christian brother or sister from from uh, from another part of the world. the... the, the, the Denomination is very secondary. <laughs> They're looking for somewhere where they can meet with brothers and sisters to 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 worship Jesus and study His Word and feel part of a community. And I see in every denomination some churches who do that well and some churches who 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 don't do that so well. So so maybe it's not so much getting rid of denominations, but making sure in our denominations. Uh, they, they are places that are welcoming to everyone and are, are spirit filled and, and, uh, and are characterized. I love the verse in Thessalonians 2 that, that when Paul said that, that we, we loved you so much, we didn't just share with you the gospel, we shared with you our whole lives. Uh, and many newcomers have said uh, people have been very friendly to us, but we want friends. And there's a big difference. Uh, being friendly. Uh, and polite on a Sunday, once a week, is very different to opening up your your lives to someone and people to really belong. Um, they, they they want friends, and, and and that's costly. But but that we have a culture where 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 we, uh, whatever denomination we are, it's characterised by that radical generosity and and uh, hospitality. So I've probably spoken like a politician and not not answered your question, but uh, <laughs> said something else. <laughs>
3: English courses? Um I don't uh we do you guys have
1: any no. um, I know I know with Christianity explored there's like a simplified version of Christianity explored so an easy English version um, if it's one particular people group you know um, alpha is actually translated into many languages so if it was predominantly a you know a, a, an Arabic speaking group or a Farsi speaking group you could actually find an alpha in their language but obviously if it's a mix of languages you you need a you need maybe something like uh, alpha uh, sorry uh, the the simplified version of um, Christian Explored. al Masira is also a course, if, if, they're, if they're from a Muslim background, uh, there's a course called al Masira, and that's a bit like Al-Ford, Christian Explored, but it's particularly for people from a, from a Muslim background, uh, and, it, and it's, yeah, I think, in multiple languages, you know, you have Arabic, Farsi, the main languages that, uh, that people from a Muslim background would speak, but it's also designed to be very, I think, understandable for people whose English is their second language.
3: I would also su- su- suggest on top of the formal English uh, class uh, to, ha- to have some sort of uh, English conversation. I know that someone would struggle to have a conversation in English if they don't really know the... But from a foreigner perspective, I think to be integrated into an environment wo- where people are talking, even if it's very basic, for me, I find it really, really helpful. And uh, probably people will learn even quicker than trying to go through the old grammar stuff. And I think that conversation will even uh, give the opportunity to build relationship, because you'll be talking. You know, the person will be learning words. And even like the grammar as they talk to, I think it's both that both walk alongside. We have a Brazilian teaching grammar. In city church, but also we have another day that we only do conversation, and we have people that speak very basic, and their improvement when they go to the conversations just go like these. I would encourage both. Um, one uh, one other idea
2: were, is for we we haven't done this for teaching English, but for. My wife learning Persian, learning Farsi. What she uh, did was she picked up the Jesus storybook in Persian, and had someone read through it with her. Um, but that could be like picking up that book or a really good kids' Bible—not nothing like too patronizing, but like uh, a kids' Bible with um, good quality writing in it, but simple language. Um, you know, there, there will be the English English teaching aspect, but also you're getting to, you know, they're learning uh, stories about Jesus, and um, that, that was one idea that worked well the other way around for us learning another language, but,
3: yeah. And also, it's really good to be aware that uh, a lot of people, they have an incredible uh, uh They are really, really good about learning languages. And if we patronize and they think that they need to go slow, but they actually, they can go quick. Uh, So everything together can be helpful, the Bible, the courses, and conversation. But the main thing I would say is building relationship with people and um, meeting for coffee, having a conversation about day-to-day things. That is really good. Any other questions?
1: Have you have any Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, and I think think this challenge to be intercultural is not just for uh, white majority churches, it's for every cultural group because it, it's always a temptation and it's easier to, 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 to meet with others like ourselves. Um, because meeting with other people it, it can be uncomfortable it stretches you um, you have to compromise you have to give up power and yet I think that's what the gospel calls us to do so 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 and part of our intercultural group and in which is why we've got leaders from other church backgrounds um, is actually saying let let's not all exist in our silos we're not we're not condemning you for having a Chinese church or you know th- there may be good reasons but but let's at least be talking and dialoguing and thinking how we can each uh, make space in our churches, and every one of those leaders wants to see their churches become intercultural, um, whether they are at the moment or not, so, so, I, so I think... Um, but there are, there are reasons, of course, you know, often when people first come, if, if they don't feel welcomed by any other church, they'll maybe form their own church, or they will, maybe if language is a barrier, and they want to worship in their heart language but i definitely think it, it it doesn't reflect god's ultimate will and we should all be trying to uh do everything we can to build bridges between churches and communities so that they're diverse yeah,
3: yeah absolutely um jesus said go and make disciples of all nations and we tended to translate or to interpret that passage as to get into a plane and to go and to get the job done. But actually, in the original, it says going or as you go. It should be our everyday life. It's it's a lifestyle. And therefore, in everything we do, not only on a Sunday morning, we need to be intentional about making disciples. Uh, And discipleship is not a course. It is relationship. I will always go back to I'm not undermining the power of a course on discipleship that is important, but unless we are willing to really uh mingle and invite him in for coffee and a lunch, so how many people have sitting, for example, and I had people from everywhere in my house or I have been in their houses, and that you know presence and proximity and relationship it it helps to break down you know the barriers and to help people to feel welcome. A simple thing of you know, on Wednesday we have we had the English classes, and I said two words in Kurdish, and the guy from Turkey was like, "I wasn't expecting that." That helps with the connection, and it, uh, it's encouraging the church to be open to that level of like heart connection. Uh, it's a meal, a coffee, a conversation. It's noticing people, seeing people, and approaching that. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, I, f- I believe we're. Coming to an end. Can I just pray? Uh, if you have any other uh, questions or comments, we will be here available. Uh, please uh, do approach us. If, if you could stand and we we'll finish this in prayer. There are so many things we we could pray for, but what really God put in my heart just for now is that he would bring an awakening in our lives and, and churches in this uh, island uh, to the reality of the nations around us because if we see as he sees, then what happened with Jesus will ha- happen with us. Because he saw the crowds, he felt compassion on them. And then he did what needed to be done. So my prayer is that we see as, God, as Jesus sees. And then compassion will come and then We will do what God wants us to do. Amen. Yes, Father, I pray that you'd uh, help us, Father, to see as you see. I pray that you'd open the eyes of our hearts. I pray that you'd open us and our churches, our communities, to be welcoming to those who are coming from the nations in such a way, Father, that that would lead us to have the same level of compassion. And compassion is not only a feeling, it's to love and to meet the needs of those who have the specific need. And Jesus, when you saw the crowds, you you, you had compassion because they needed something. They were harassed and helpless. And then you were like a pastor to their lives. Help us to be pastors, not only in our local churches, but also for our communities to bring the good news of the Gospels, Father, and, and and to help to create a church that is intercultural, that really is a reflect of what heaven looks like. We thank you for this opportunity and we pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
0: Massive thank you guys for um, having such a beautiful conversation. and. You know, as well, sometimes we can hear these stories and think, that's okay, these guys up in the big smoke. Do <laughs> you know, here we are, down, down Lurgan, Portadown, Banbridge, all these directions. Do you know, but I'm hearing of Somalian families in Lawrence Town. Lawrence Town, where I would just drive through. You know, these are people who are on our doorsteps, and the opportunities that we have um, are just incredibly beautiful. Do you know, I think of you were talking there about opera experiences that you had. And I remember just a really awkward time when the Syrian families came locally and I was invited to a Syrian party. And I thought, oh, goodness, what am I going to wear? Because, you know, this was a party, but yet all I had ever seen was women in hijabs. And so anywhere I'd been, they'd just been wearing their hijabs. And so I rocked up literally as cash as what I am today. And I thought I was, like, wild. And then we went into the house and... It turned into like a crazy party and these girls were dressed to party and their makeup and their, but it was the the noise actually, this is what I want to talk to you about, it was the noise, the shrieks in the house, the excitement and you know as the guys were talking and somebody had said about the whole nations you know gathering before the Lord to worship it's not going to be like just what we think it is in Northern Ireland. We think we're wild, guys, but this is not what the kingdom's going to look like. And so, um, yeah, I just think this is a beautiful conversation and just more and more of what we, what we need to be you know, getting better at. You know, it's, it's not just about us, but how can we integrate and, and have community. And so thank you so much for coming along today. And if you all want to make your way back to the auditorium, they're going to start there at 3 o'clock.